Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. A little onshore breeze blowing at the moment and we've got the guru in the house, Gary Birkinshaw. Michael Butner alongside me, former NRL star who played for New South Wales in Australia. Butes, just really quickly, the clash of the Titans. So here's some numbers on Penrith between 2020 and 2022. Mm-hmm. Panthers have played 78, they've won 67. Huh. Winning percentage, 85.9, two premierships. Average points scored, 23.7. Points conceded, 12.7. St. Helens, between 2019 and 2022... They played 103, they've won 84. Winning percentage, 81.5. Mm. Four premierships. Average points scored, 27.7. Average points conceded, 12.2. So they both concede two tries. Mate, you know what? The thing for me, the big stat for me is that first one that you made about Penrith. Right, what was it? 87 games they've played? S- 78. 78 games. They've won 67 of them. They've lost 11 games in two years. That is a club and a team that know how to play, what they need to do, and do it consistently. That is just phenomenal work. Yeah, you're right there, Bits. A question I I need to ask, though. Like, so, no one's done it. No one's gone three premierships in a row for 40 years. Yes. So, at some stage, there must be a falling away. Whether it's, yeah, they've still got the personnel, but mentally, are you still up for it? Every, every game you play from now on, starting tonight, is a grand final. Everyone comes to beat you. I, I touched on it earlier with Steve, and I said, this is, this is their motivation for season 2023, to be the first team, right? And, and you know what? There's not many teams that have done a three-peat, mm. right? And you think about that Parramatta side from the 80s, it's still revered, right? It's something that the Parramatta supporters refer back to. And this Penrith side, if they can go with the three-peat, then they will be revered for... and they'll go down as one. And we talk about... You talk about different teams. You talk about the Beal side, you talk about the Bulldogs in the 80s. You can refer to the the Raiders and the Broncos uh, in the 90s. Right? You can talk about the Melbourne Storm during that Billy Slater, Cameron Smith era. Now we're going to be talking about, in 10 years' time, this Penrith side, if they manage to do it. And, and I don't see any reason why. So, for me, I look at Nathan Cleary, and, and, and you know, I like the way his brain works and, and, and he, his mind ticks. That will be something that he will want to be, you know, want to achieve. And it's like the the team I love, the Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs, like the team from 84, 85, and then they win again in 88. Yes. And some of them some of them go all the way back to 1980 when they beat East, you know, with the famous Steve Gearing kick. Yes. So they become club immortals in the process, probably like the hat you're wearing, the Richmond Tigers. Hey, uh, let's do this. We've got a special intro, and let's roll it in. Here we go on this Saturday morning. Buke's Top 3. I yeah. feel like it needs a little bit longer. I just feel like it... Yeah, it just seems to be way too quick. Okay, boys, I'm going to go through them. Okay, and it's in no... Well, it is in a particular order, but it's not necessarily about performances. Or it could be bad performances. My first one is this. The Australian cricket selectors. What a bunch of Muppets. Seriously. 
Travis Head averaged 99 throughout the summer, but will rest you for day one of test, the first test match over in India. My goodness, what were they thinking? Uh, in, they our bring wisdom, in, in our wisdom. No, no, not in our wisdom, no. You know what? You can only be as good as your last test match. You, you know, this guy averaged 100 in whatever it is. And he was, by for me, he was our most dangerous and effective batsman throughout the summer. Berge, tell me if I'm wrong. No, you're dead right. The thing with Travis Head, I reckon the whole thing was is that after the, the Sri Lankan tour, I reckon they wrote in their book, Travis Head will not play in India. So irrespective of... They took no notice of what he did over Australia. Yep. Where he was... He wasn't batting like he was in Australia before he went to Sri Lanka, but he's just come out and been arguably... was the man of the summer, really, in relation to the cricket. And then they've gone and said, well, now, nah, look, remember back in Sri Lanka? Well, no, no. You, you pick him, and you pick him for test one. If he doesn't perform after a couple of tests, well, then you make the change. Correct. You give him the chance, surely. What does yeah. it do to the guy's confidence? Yeah. Right, Com I'm asking you. What does it do? Confidence sky high after the Aussie summer. Deflated. Gone. Yeah. And you know what? They expect him to come back and go, oh, mate, here you go. Test two. We're going to put you back in. Dig us out hold of the on. hole. Yeah, you're correct. Oh, hold on. You guys have just kicked me in the, you know, what? And you want me to come back and perform the way I have in the past bloody summer? You're, right. you're our saviour. Well, so... so Butte's the top three. Number three is, is... the Australian cricket selectors. Not for good reasons. A a absolute Muppets. Muppets, Inverted correct. commas. End of story. Number two. Number two, Mitchell Moses. I touched on it earlier. <laughs> My goodness, this guy, I don't know how he sleeps at night. I'd actually, he probably sleeps on a really comfortable bed, yeah. which he's stacked full of cash. Yeah, silk, because silk sheets. <laughs> correct. Because at the moment, he's got this little dilemma. And I don't know which way you guys would go, and I'm happy to hear your responses, but he's got a five-year deal worth $6.5 million with the West Tigers. He's got a four-year uh, four deal with the uh, Parramatta Eels for about $4.4 million. Right? It's a $2.1 million difference and a year's difference on your contract. Where is he likely to win um, a premiership? Because ultimately, if that's what he wants, that's, if that's the final string on his bow... Right, that he wants to achieve in the game, where's he going to do that? And is it going to make any difference if he does make a premiership? Sure, you know, it's something you can hang and you've got that ring. That's, you know, you can't put a price on that. Right, he's 28 years of age now. He ain't going to pick up 2.1 million dollars, right, when he's 33. So it's a little dilemma for him. Which way does he go? And uh, the West Tigers on the way up. Steve, I'm going to put it to you. Which way do you go? Well, Mitchell Moses? I, I think uh, Gus Gould might come and swoop. Oh, the Bulldogs. Hello. There's another one. I saw a little bit of talk through the week that, uh, you know, maybe, maybe Junior Pierce might be coming back to the NRL and Canterbury could be in the frame. Wow. So there's another spanner in the works. There you go. They Ooh. could use it. I mean... I like the I like the seven we got. I who, think he's got great potential. Who do you sign, Mitchell Moses? Who, who do you sign with, West Tigers or Parramatta? I would stay loyal, personally, but they could be one of the teams, like you mentioned, about teams that can't sustain. The Roosters maybe are going through a transition period. Parramatta, they're starting to lose a couple of players as Correct. well, aren't they? And Reed Marnie is one of their biggest losses. I will say that. That is a massive loss. Burgo? Yeah, well, after watching last night, I reckon Parramatta are playing him unders too, by the way. Their offer is unders. But the, the thing that, that uh, Moses has got to weigh up, I reckon, because I don't think they will keep... If he stays, I don't think Dylan Brown stays. Yeah. So that then changed the whole dynamic in the half. So he, he stays at Parramatta. He hasn't got Dylan Brown alongside him. So who do they get 
This is who's his partner. You know what? It's interesting. You know, it's, I spoke to Mark O'Neill, who's the football manager at Parramatta last night, and he said that you know the actual offer that they're talking about in the paper, it's actually a little bit more uh, in relation to Mitchell Moses. But he also mentioned the fact that when you're one of those marquee players, there's sometimes you've got to take that little bit extra to be able to have the other players around you, right? So because you can't do it on your own, it's not like the NFL. Right where you are the go-to man and the quarterback is the, you know, he's the big money winner and, you know, he'll win you the games. That's not the case in NFL. You need 12 other players, 16 other players around you to be able to fit and make that all work. And, and if someone takes too long to sign, if it gets dragged on too long, players will roll the dice and make their call. Yeah. So that can really upset a footy club. I, I know the Bulldogs did that in 2004. So one player took too long. Yep. And the others, so... He was, he was good last night, though. Oh. So what are you doing? steve what are you doing? You're about loyalty. 6.5, 4.4, four years. Make the call. Here we go. Come on. <laughs> Mate, it's dead oh, here. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Is this a yes or no question? <laughs> it's a simple Tigers oh, or Orioles? I'm staying at Parramatta. Righto. Parramatta. Yeah, because Parramatta are closer to winning a premiership than where the Tigers well, are. Well, boys, but, I'm going I'm to be loyal. But I'd... Uh, I'd be saying to them, like, uh, you know, show me the money. Well, I, Jerry well, Maguire. I think 1.1 is not bad. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you, I'm going to be loyal to whoever, to, who, to whoever is paying me. And that's going to be the West Tigers. <laughs> See you later. I'm off to the Tigers, All right, boys. who's number one? <laughs> number one, Kansas City Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes, what a performance. Yeah. Unbelievable. We touched on it earlier, Steve. The Super Bowl is, I don't know, it's as good as it gets in terms of you know, a national sporting event, and, you know, they make it as big as anything we've ever seen before. And, yeah, uh, what a game. It was phenomenal. 35 yeah. all with two minutes to play. We touched on Burko, you know, the player who took a knee one yard out. Like, yeah. you know, that is the ultimate sacrifice because it's easy to take the glory. Easy to take the glory. Yeah. Uh, and I know that, you know, last week it would have been LeBron James, and it's a, a mention to him, but, yeah. you know, it's last week. It's uh, All right, on. okay, so, so we've heard... Buttes is top three. Outstanding, Buttes. Well done. Thank you. The Aussie Selectors Muppets. <laughs> number, number two. Mitchell Moses. Mitchell Moses. And number with a, one. With a tough decision. Number one, Kansas City. Okay, Burko's top three. Right, a little bit different to, to Buttes on a couple mm-hmm. of them. First of all, what a big week it was for women in sport. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the payday has finally arrived for a lot of women. We had the WPL auction where Ash Gardner, $558,000 for effectively... Was it three weeks' work? Yeah, that is, you know what? I've got to say, I love that. Yeah. I love that now cricket has become a genuine career choice for young females, yep. right? So with that type of money, this, I believe, will take cricket for in terms of the women's sport to another level, yep. right? There should be plenty of young girls out there going, aspiring to be an Ash Gardner. Yep, and then also the, the women's rugby league, you know, give it three or four years' time, full 20-round competition. So what, what it does for me is they've, they've actually taken the word professionalism where they've thrown around to actually made it professional now. You're actually going to get paid for what for what you work. Correct. So. And you know what? When you talk about professionalism, right, if you want these girls to be full-time and commit to it, you actually need to subsidise them to a point where they can actually do that, that they're not trying to, you know, juggle a, a rugby league career and put on a product that they do on the weekends, which is outstanding, and you can compare it to the AFLW, which is 
chalk and cheese for mine. Yeah, that's right. They're, all, they're being judged as professional sports people, but doing a part-time. Correct. And then you've got to juggle your career. And, and you know, we had uh, Millie Boyle who couldn't go away mm. for the World Cup because she's had taken so much time off work. Now they can actually genuinely, you know, and if it means 80 grand, 100 grand, 130 grand, whatever that is, what I do know is it's a minimum of 30 grand for these NRLW players. Yeah, for, right? for our listeners who don't watch a lot of cricket, tell them in a couple of sentences why Ash Gardner's worth that amount of money. She's a three-dimensional player. So she's, she can clear the boundary when she bats, and really, which is one of the few players that, that can actually do that on a consistent basis. She can bowl off spin. She took five wickets in a in, the, in a uh, T20 World Cup game just last week and a really, really good fielder. But more importantly with Ash Gardner, she is actually an ambassador for the sport. Mm. She spoke a mind on Australia Day um, about that. So she has got a a standing within the sport. So as promotable as you can you can get is Ash Gardner. So so that's why she's worth five hundred and fifty eight thousand. The second equal second highest nice. paid. Yeah. All right, we're we're running slightly late. Right. Let's get to number two. Second one was a, is it gonna be an issue one is Peter Bowl. Oh. The announcement during the week. Now I'm not sure how we even get to that stage. I, I don't I don't know how it's all worked out, how or why or whatever, but so it's come out during the week that he's actually been B sample was well didn't say it was negative, but no. it wasn't positive. So, I, I, disgraceful. For mine, disgraceful that that first sample can come out and he can be tarnished with that type and, of and reputation. You know what? When it came out in the first place, I thought, there's no way in the world this kid's dirty. No. Like, so... And, you know, that's the Australian way. We go, none of our athletes, and yeah. Shane Warne took whatever they were, some sort of tablets of some... <laughs> His mum. <laughs> His mum's Diuretic, tablets. Or whatever they are. Correct, right? <laughs> so we don't think any bad of our athletes, right? But I just find it hard to believe, and yeah, I just think it's tarnished his it's name. It's surprising that there's not more lawsuits from the athlete. Yeah. Because yeah. look at the missed opportunities. Yeah. You wonder if he's lost a couple of sponsors immediately, or whether they've stood by him. Okay. Well, they reckon there's only been 12 B samples that have ever come back negative. negative. Yeah. 12. So, so then, you, well, how did it get announced as a as a positive to start with? And that, their lawyer apparently come out and said, do not do not release the A sample. Do not come out and say that he's he tested positive because no. because we, we highly doubt it is. You should never do that. They, you know what? Unless That's why they have two samples. Yeah. Clearly, that's why they have two samples. So unless it's clear and obvious, right, and both are positive, you can't do that stuff. And, and the drug they allegedly took can only be injected. It can't be, can't be inhaled, can't be... It had to be through an injection. Yeah, so, well. Anyway. All right, Burko, number one. Oh, I've got to agree with Butch. Kansas City Chiefs. Can't argue yeah. with that. That was, you know, world champions they are. The world champions. The world champions, yes. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, they partied hard, played hard. But what a, what a great game it was. It's a great spectacle. Yeah. Um, fantastic game of football, really. Yeah, well well done, boys. Uh, Butch's top three, Burko's top three. And uh, like Mitchell Moses, where he should go, I'm on the fence. With, <laughs> Clearly. With, with, <laughs> My goodness. You're not signing anything. 15 we just want a view. 15 <laughs> seconds of dead air. That's unheard of. For six, for six million bucks, Steve, we want you more than off the fence, mate, I tell you. Uh, we're off to our next break. Uh, uh, the news is coming up. Uh, Steve-O's Sports Person of the Week also coming up very soon. Saturdays on the coast on SEN. Uh, well, the conversation has continued after Buttes and Burko's top three where they went head-to-head. So, boys, uh, let's uh, get to the highlight of the show, and that's Steve-O's Sports Person of the Week. Yeah. Uh, I think we've got the intro. Now, let's compare intros. Let's roll it in. Here we go. Steve-O's Sports Person of the Week. Yeah, what do you think, Butes? Yeah, yeah, not bad. Like, again, they're both good. 
I just want a little bit more. That's yeah. all. Like a 10 second intro. Well, well, Steve goes seemed to take Gubby longer, though, didn't it? Yeah, but, I think. Yeah, it probably was. Yeah. Let's, let's, seven seconds yeah, longer. Yeah, I think so. Let's get Adam to roll yours in again. Let's roll in Butte's top three. Here we go. Butte's top three. Yeah. yeah, see how yours just finished off after Butch's top three, yeah. while Steve O's just goes well, on and on and well, on. Well, let's maybe hear Steve O's again. <laughs> Here we go. Steve O's, Sports Person of the Week. Staples has never worked harder <laughs> on the panels back in the office. He's I, gone back, 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 I back. Like, mine's got a bit of up tempo bongo yeah, yeah. at I'm... the start. So, Steve O's, Sports Person of the Week. Now, I love what Joe Asher did. I can't say her surname, but running 411 kilometres in Taiwan yeah. is off the charts. She broke every record in the book. But Butes, I think Steve-O's Sports Person of the Week. Now, the first one, of course, was Stephanie Carey a couple of weeks ago who won the Nobbies to Newcastle Swim. Yep. Defeated everyone in the entire field by about two minutes. But uh, I can't go past a young lady who joined us earlier this morning, Melissa Robertson who's yeah. now won the trifecta. Delirious West, 200 miles in 73 hours through really rugged terrain. A lot of a lot of soft sand running as well. So it's a really difficult event. And now she's won the trifecta. So three of the big ultra marathons. The triple crown. Yeah, she could be off to the US as well. So first place in Delirious West. So round of applause. Yeah, I'm with you. For Melissa Robertson. That's and hot. I'm about to go rogue here. I'm about to do a junior sports star as well. Oh, hello. hello. Now, so the inaugural junior sports star. Now, this is uh, a couple of... We missed last week, and Butch, you know, I was at the big ocean swim in Sydney. The, yes. The Cole Classic. and Great performances from you and Sharon. Fantastic, Steve. Yeah, thank you, mate. And around about 8,000 swimmers in total. And there was a young lady from the Central Coast who was in the under-12 division. The under-12s. She swam the one-kilometre event, stopped the clock in 14 minutes and 52 seconds, and she has finished second in the under-12s. Wow. 54th out of 863 girls and women in the event, and 183rd out of 1,791. So the inaugural Junior Sports Person of the Week, Stella O'Brien in the one-kilometre swim. Stella, well done. What an outstanding performance. A stellar performance. Michael. Ah, there you go. What was, uh, how did that rate compare to your time, Steve? Oh, well, I didn't do the 1K. No, I know. You, so... did, the, you did the 2K, is that correct? Yeah, correct. How long correct. did it take you? Uh, it took 31 minutes. Right. Yeah. Do, you, do you think you might have beaten Stella? Oh, look, I don't want to compare. Yeah, come on, I just don't. Uh, <laughs> and the other thing about Stella, I think she's 11 <laughs> swimming against 12-year-olds. Yeah. Amazing. Just curious whether you but would... Would you get close? Sharon Allen does deserve a special mention yes. here. Yes. She, uh, after some health issues, she's finished one minute off the podium in her age group and uh, just an outstanding swim. Mighty effort. Very inspiring performance, that. Excellent. Yeah. Well done, Chaz. Absolutely. So that is Steve-O's Sports Person of the Week. Any final words, boys? No, have we, have we touched on the cricket at all? Do we talk about yeah, India, well, and Pakistan, India and Australia? We'll do that right after this, including right. the four Central Coast players of about course. to play in the Trans-Tasman. First time ever, there'll be an over-40 international, and we've got four. In fact, we've got more players than anyone else in Australia from the Central Coast in that Australian team. This is Saturdays on the Coast on SEN. 
Robson Civil, 60 years of family culture. Join the Robson Civil Projects team for the opportunity of a lifetime. You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast on SEN Track. Yeah, welcome back live from Terrigal on the balcony. Thanks again to Terrigal Surf Life Saving Club. We can't thank them enough. Boys, you've got 90 seconds to repeat on the air what you just spoke about with the bargaining agreement. So I believe Paul Kent's written an article in The Telegraph today. It's your opinion. And again, I haven't read the whole lot, but, you know, this first part about, um, you know, the players should pull their head in and that they, you know, should respect the fact that there was players before them and, and that... Players will, uh, you know, supporters are will support the jersey, not the player, and all those things. I, I understand that, right? But ultimately, the players are the product, and they're the ones that are actually delivering on the field. So it's not their fault that the value of the TV rights now has gone from what it was back in the day to what it is now. That's just the inflation. That's just the reflection of the market, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So they deserve their percentage and fair percentage of what it is. The women's game. And, you know, there was a comparison there. It's $4,444, uh, the minimum wage, if you're to play every every game as a man. It's $3,333 if you're a female, right? So you can talk about it's 120 for a male, it's 30000 for a female. I still see that relatively fair in relation to the number of games they play, right? And, you know, the product and where it's at right now. Rugby league in the male game is 110, 112 years old. The female game, as we know it now, you know, we're only talking 5, 10, maybe 15 years in relation to where it's been around. So, you know, you've got to crawl before you can walk. I think it's great that the girls are being uh, rewarded the way they have. I think there's a long way to go in relation to that, and I think that will come over time. These girls are pioneers right now. Yeah, well said, Buttes. Burko, four players off to New Zealand. They'll create history next week. Yes, certainly will. Four new international cricketers, Dane Stevenson, Jeff Hemming, Ash Hardy, all from the entrance, and Scott Jarvis will be playing for the Australian over 40s against New Zealand next week. They'll play three one-day internationals against New Zealand, and they'll have a trial game also against New Zealand A. So, fantastic opportunity for these players. They, the pioneers, it's going to be the first over 40s international that's going to be played, which is, which is fantastic. fantastic. Yeah, awesome. Four from the Central Coast, the most is actually of anyone in the, in the squad. So. Yeah. And so. from our sponsor, Robson Civil Projects, Chris Dixon, probably opening fast bowler. Yeah, he was, yeah. We ran a dicko up at the uh, open day we had up at uh, Tomago, and uh, he's really excited, 47 years of age, so he's one of the older statesmen, because you can't play actually outside your age group, so it's, so it's over 40, so... To, to over 50, so in that, that age group. So he'll open the bowling, still playing first grade cricket in Newcastle. Isn't it amazing, yeah, that he's still playing first grade at 47, and in a few weeks' time, he'll play against his son, who's a teenage quick, uh, on a really good pathway, and he's moved to another club. So father will play son in a few weeks' time. Yeah, look, his son, uh, I know his son, he's very, very promising uh, fast bowler as well. So, um, look, that'd, that'd be great. The opportunity to play, it's exciting to play with your son, but when you get the opportunity to play against your son in, in the first grade competition, I think that uh, adds a nice little bit of needle. Well, Ash is uh, evident of that. He's playing with both his sons. Yeah, with Jake and Brock. And Brock, yeah. yeah. And who, is it Brock is in outstanding form at the moment? Yes, like with yes. the baddies. Yeah. Is it four centuries? Four, uh, five now. Five now. And five a, now. And a couple <laughs> of years ago, he was player of the grand final, wasn't he? In an epic grand final. Final where Jeff Hemming hit the winning runs. Yeah, that's right. And look, and Ash is still playing. Yes. First grade cricket in the, in the, the strongest side on the on the coast. So he, he's certainly contributing still well. And uh, he's vice captain of the Australian side as well, Ash. So hey, boys, we need to go to uh, Kelly Jolly, who's waiting patiently.
patiently on the line for a couple of minutes here. Kelly, uh, welcome to Saturdays on the Coast with Stephen Butes and Gary Birkinshaw. Pink Stumps Day. Uh, I'm giving you yeah, a standing morning. ovation right now because in the last couple of years you've raised almost $50,000 and you do it all again tomorrow. Yes, we certainly do. Yes, we kick off tomorrow morning for... This will be our fourth Pink Stumps Day. Um, 10 a.m. tomorrow and we're hoping to add another 20 grand onto our total. Yeah, just amazing, and it's for the McGrath Foundation. Uh, tell us yes. some of the people that deserve credit, and tell us what will happen tomorrow. Um, so tomorrow we are kicking off. We've changed our format a little bit. We've got, we have four women's teams this year and one youth girls team within our club. So to give them all a bit of a game tomorrow, um, we, uh, we split them into four teams. They'll play in the mornings in some T10 competitions. The winners will go through to a T20 grand final in the afternoon. So it's going to be a bit more of a big hitters game, a bit more exciting, having all the women playing right throughout the day. Plus, we've got our auction. Um, we've got some amazing auction prizes this year. Um, we actually have a signed Shane Warne memorabilia piece of his 300th wicket that actually documents every single one of those 300 wickets. Mm. So we're going to put up for auction tomorrow. So we've got some amazing pieces we've had donated. Hey, Kelly, can people jump on Facebook or the website to find out more? Yeah, definitely. Jump onto it. Our best bet is to jump on all of our socials, whether it's Instagram or Facebook. Um, we are taking bids on all of our auction items, which are up on our page now. So you can jump on there, leave a comment. We'll document that, that down and get in touch with you if you are the winning bidder. Yeah, fantastic. Round of applause for Northern Power. Uh, congratulations, Kelly. Thanks for your time this morning. Best wishes Thank for you. tomorrow. And... God love you doing this for the McGrath Foundation. Hey, a uh, little bit Thank of noise in the background. That's because the great Paul Lamont has joined us from Terrigal Surf Life Saving Club. You look like the Rainbow Warrior. Uh, what's happening, my friend? It's Mardi Gras. <laughs> well, Terrigal Surf Life Saving Club today is celebrating the Rainbow Beaches. It's about being in um, everyone's welcome at the beach, um, about inclusiveness, no matter what age, gender, cultural background or sexual orientation you are and it's about everyone's welcome at the beach and it's being part of an inclusive club and it's fantastic the whole club's getting behind it from the nippers right through to the masters and everyone in between this morning our training group the under 15s, 17s, 19s, opens and a few of the masters had a big rainbow Ironman session and had a bit of fun out there put the coloured zinc on and um, yeah, we had a great morning and just put on a bit of a barbecue after that and had a bit of a celebration and now we're about to go out in about 10 minutes time. We've created a rainbow out the back there and um, all everyone is welcome. People are turning up now in droves, which I'm quite surprised with, including neighbouring clubs, including North Avoca. So it's great. It's fantastic. Yeah, fantastic, mate. And uh, we watched that session. So are you picking teams for the New South Wales Championship? Yeah, yeah. We're at the moment doing 17s, 19s teams mainly. And we had three of our selectors on the beach. And I was an out-in-the-water selector. So I could sort of be out in the water and gauge how people were going. Um, you know, as you know, Steve is an experienced surf sports competitor. The things happen around the cans. You can get stuck on a can or in a grip. And I, I, I was in amongst it all, so I had a fair idea of how everyone's going, which um, they're all going really well and out there enjoying themselves. Do you have to troll? Sorry? Do you have to no, troll? No, I'm not, no, you're okay? I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit... I'm, I'm <laughs> Straight a little up bit, starter? I'm a little bit out of that age group now. And well, well, it's a good point that you raise, Butes, because at the Branch Surf Life Saving Championships... 
Paul, are you... How old are you now, my friend? 55? No, I'm 56. 56. Paul ran second in the Open Men's Surf Race behind Hayden Smith. Yes, so, yeah. So you've got a 42-year-old 40, winning the Branch Open Surf Race against all the young guns and a 56-year-old running second. And, Paul, I dare say New South Wales Championships coming up soon on Sydney's northern beaches. Then all roads lead to Perth yeah. for you to go and maintain your phenomenal record. Yeah, see how it goes. The training's going okay at the moment. Um, we'll just see what happens. You know what surf's like. You can throw up anything. And um, you just go over there with an open mind. At the end of the day, um, I just enjoy training and competing. And um, the results, you know, speak for themselves. Hey, we've got someone's roughly scribbling something here. 104 Australian medals. Is that correct? Um, yeah, including Pool Rescue. Um, it's actually on 107. <laughs> and was that gold, Paul? The medals gold? No, that's gold medals. The gold medals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. gold Amazing. medals. Um, Who knows where the bronze are? Yeah. <laughs> I cracked the I cracked the hundred poor rescue this year. So yeah, and actually, yeah, it was. Um, it's 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 not what I do it do the sport for, but you know, if you get if you come across these little. Um, things that happen, you know, it's quite amazing. I never ever, in my wildest dreams, I never ever thought I'd ever get to anything over 100 gold or just Aussie, Aussie medals. Where do you put your gold medals? Um, well, I actually just <laughs> hang them up on the, a hook or put them in a box at home. But it's, it's actually, as weird as it sounds, it's not necessarily, you're just trying to get the most out of yourself. Not, it's not just about winning or... Hey, and by the way, uh, Steve-O's inaugural Sports Person of the Week, you'll love it, was Stephanie Carey. Yes. Isn't she in great form? She's in fantastic form. I've actually been doing a little bit of training with her here and there, um, and she's in sensational form. I can't see her getting beat. She won't be beaten in the two-kilometre swim at, at, um, in Perth. I think she'll be going in as the hot favourite in the yeah. 2K and the surf swim um, in the 30 to 34 years. Hey, thanks to Terrigal Surf Club. Thanks to Paul Lamont, the Masters legend. Thank uh, you. Thank you, Gary Birkinshaw.